Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning to you. Happy Leap Day. It's February 29th. I don't recall that the last February 29th, which would have been 2020, was anything special. But I do know what happened right after Leap Day 2020. My goodness, not even two weeks later and our entire country started shutting down. Gosh, can you believe it's been almost four uh, four years? I am... I'm flabbergasted by that thought. And I've talked about it with a couple of people just kind of randomly over the last week or so. It is hard to believe that we're coming up on March of uh, 2024. And if you all remember, the NBA with its patient zero, Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz, they were not the first sporting event or the first sport to see cancellations, but they were the first major domino that then triggered and signaled the rest of the sports world that it was time that drastic measures had to be taken. So you had the NBA that shut down on March 11th. March 12th was the NHL and March Madness conference tournaments that were going on just all of a sudden golf and tennis and NASCAR and baseball spring training players sent home that was March 11th and 12th we're inside of two weeks to the four-year anniversary not that we want to spend a whole lot of time talking about it but it's just so crazy to me that it's been almost four years wow And our country looks a lot different, doesn't it? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning to you, leap year babies. If you are a February 29th birthday, well, happy birthday to you. We actually do have a few people I know who listen that celebrate their birthdays on February 29th or were born on February 29th and I guess the majority of the time, have to celebrate their birthdays on a different day. But I think it's fascinating. There are clubs, secret societies out there. So this is your day. Celebrate like 
It's not going to come around for another four years. <laughs> On Twitter, ALAW Radio, if you're a leap year baby, you can find me. Let me know. I will retweet you. Except, see, the thing is, people could lie. Right, Jay? Jay could say he's a leap year baby. He was February 27th, but how would I know if I didn't know him personally? Do you think people would lie about that? It's kind of dirty. Yeah, that's not something you should lie about. Yeah. If you're a leap baby, I mean. Oh, is it called a leap baby? Is it? I don't know. That's what I, I call know. it. A leap baby. A leap baby. A leap of faith baby. <laughs> but I wouldn't lie about that. Well, you wouldn't, but also I would know. Uh, someone asked me earlier on Twitter, are you taking a leap of faith today? And I thought, well, that's kind of every day. But then I realized, oh, the proverbial light bulb went on. Duh. I got you. I get it now. I'm a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> so if you are a leap baby, though, and today you could celebrate the actual, but say every other year you do it on the 28th of February or the 1st, mm-hmm. are you now neglecting those days or you celebrate twice now? Because all the other years, that's your birthday. That's oh, it's got to feel like you're coming home on a leap year. This is it. It's my day. Oh, I would go. It extra only comes hard around. <laughs> would you? Well, yeah. If I was a leap baby, it's the day. <laughs> Gotta have like extra energy today. Wait, do you remember? So this is a bit of an extreme uh, comparison. But d- were you a Pirates of the Caribbean fan? Of course. Okay, so do you remember how date the guy who went into Davy Jones' locker to to run the ship? He only got to land once every ten years, yes. right? So, yes. so it. Uh, I remember the Orlando Bloom character saying, "It depends on the day." Will Turner, right? What Will Turner was talking about how it depends on the day. Is it worth it? Well, it depends upon the day. And so he had his one year, or his, I'm sorry, his one day every ten years. Well, if you are a leap year baby, I know you say leap baby. If you're a leap baby, you're a leaping baby. Then is this Feel a little bit like that. It depends on the day. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> this is your day to party like you haven't in four years. Well, party. I guess it depends upon your the schedule. The to see today. I want to know if we get paid for an extra day of work. Oh, that's a great question. Isn't that? That is. Now, good... if you're an hourly employee, sure you do. But if you're salaried, uh, I kind of feel like we should get another day. We should get some kind of compensation, a bonus. An extra day off. A leap from year bonus. Leap day, maybe. Okay. Something. I would I would take the extra money. It was a leap year bonus. How come no one's ever thought of that? A leap year bonus. Mm-hmm. I like it. We're working an extra day. You're absolutely right. Maybe we get a comp day for working leap year. That's what I'm saying. Leap, leap day. How about both? Yeah, let's not press our luck. <laughs> Our company is in bankruptcy, so let's not press on. You're all right. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, it was a lot of fun to see some of the drama unfold on the basketball court last night. Uh, earlier in the show, we started with the pros. So this time, let's start with the college storyline and the assault on the record books for one Caitlin Clark. Norway picking up that personal foul. It's her third, so she will take a seat. Clark, triple, splash. Clark's deceptively strong, too. She's got muscle memory out the wazoo. There's no rim protection either. Grahulski off on the triple try, and Clark has done it. The triple-double is true. She's got two in a row, six on the season, and another bucket. It's a 30-piece. Caitlin Clark added again. That game carried on NBC Sports. Now, what you don't hear is that she passes Lynette Woodard, who was part of the old 
A-I-A-W, so right, pre-NCAA, but she had the major women's college basketball scoring record of 3,649 career points. Now, this was a blowout for Iowa against Minnesota. A lot of fans, a lot of black and gold fans. But this is what they call the major college scoring record. The NCAA doesn't want to include it. It's not their record. But Lynette Woodard played in the late 70s, early 80s, actually right after Title IX. And and there are some people that believe those previous records should be included. Either way, Iowa acknowledged it and actually doubled down on it in this milestone in passing Woodard. 17th triple-double for Caitlin Clark. Also has the new record for most three-pointers made in Division I college basketball in a season. That's men or women. And she just keeps on trucking and, and pays homage to those who have gone before her. The NCAA didn't want to recognize women and what they did um, back in the 1980s. Um, and, you know, I think it just speaks to the foundation that these players have laid for us to have opportunities to be able to play in environments, environments like this and in front of crowds like this. Um, so I wouldn't have the opportunity to be able to do what I'm doing every single night if it wasn't for people like her. And um, obviously there's so many great players across the board. So um, I'm just really thankful and grateful to have those people that have come before me. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's super special. Um, you know, obviously she's one of the best all times, could certainly score the ball. Um, but I think it just shows, you know, Title IX is not that long ago. 50 years is not that long ago. Um, and I think it just still shows the room that we have to improve and um, where women's sports is, is going is a really great place. Tonight is the night of the real record. The AIAW record that Lynette Weddard held, um, that was the real one. You know, for some reason, the NCAA does not want to recognize the basketball that was played prior to 1982, and that's wrong. Um, we played basketball back then. They just don't want to recognize it. And that hurts the rest of us that were playing at that time. You know, I mean, there's no reason why that should not be the true record. And, um, you know, at a school like Iowa, that has been so rich in AIAW history. Um, I just want to make sure we acknowledge Lynette's accomplishments in, in the game of basketball. But congratulations to Caitlin for being the true basketball <laughs> leader in points tonight. So both Caitlin and her coach, Lisa Bluter, pointing to the Woodard record. And actually, she played for Kansas. She was a Kansas Jayhawks legend uh, in the late 70s, as I say, early 80s, as the true record. Um, now, Pete Maravich is still in her sights. She's drawing ever closer, and her triple-double is amazing. Uh, she draws the defense, not that it matters a whole lot. I think she had eight triples, but a dozen assists and ten rebounds. And now that she has the women's scoring record, both the NCAA one and the one that the uh, Hawkeyes consider official, She's got the overall scoring record held by Pete Maravich, and it's right there. She's only 17 points back. And so that should come at some point soon. In fact, you would think in her next game. And Iowa's 25-4 and four now. They're ranked in the top 10 in the nation. Of course... Attracted a ton of attention with their run to the national championship game of last year. And 
as much as these individual records are incredible, and I'm excited for her, I think she represents women's basketball extremely well. And the fact that she's a household name is only good for the sport. I know that they really want a chance to win that title this year. They really want the opportunity to cap it with some team hardware. That would be the ultimate. I'd love to see it. And she's bringing a lot of new fans, passionate fans, to college hoops. They can't have a cool name like the Swifties, though, huh? What can we call them? (laughs) They're loud. They're vocal. I've got some friends who are Iowa alum, and boy, are they proud. And they should be. Now, if you are a Clippers fan this morning, you are not proud. I don't know how many proud Clippers fans there are out there. They tried to make some noise a few years ago, and it's just, it's so humbling. It's so humiliating when you support that team publicly and they find new ways to let you down. This was just a regular season game, not playoffs, but still, ouch. Up 98-77 over the Lakers. The Lakers only had 77 points in the first three quarters. And the Clippers appear to be cruising to a victory over the big bad in L.A. LeBron one-on-one against Plumlee. LeBron, three-pointer. Good again! Two-point game. 106-104. Lakers trailed by 21 in this quarter. LeBron with eight to shoot. LeBron head down, driving. Got it to Rui. Another three. Good! Lakers lead! 109-106. What? Three minutes remaining in the fourth. The Lakers have come from 21 down. Can you hear the smile on John Ireland's face? Uh, He's doing the Lakers radio play-by-play. Clippers just got all kinds of messy. Played fast and loose with the basketball. Seven turnovers in that final quarter, and they... I'm sorry, if you give up 40 points in a quarter, you should lose. That should be a rule. You give up 40 points in a quarter, you need to go down in flames. So LeBron James has 19 in the fourth. He was terrific. But honestly, what stood out to me, the fact that he was passing the ball in the late stages as the outcome was hanging in the balance. LeBron with five to shoot. LeBron to Russell. Three-pointer. God! Timeout, Clippers. Lakers 114. Clippers 108. Harden brings it into Kawhi. Drives toward the basket. Follow a 10-footer. No good. Rebound LeBron. Ahead to Reddish. Reddish to the rim. Game over. Slam dunk. One second left. And the Lakers have shocked the Clippers in the final Laker-Clipper game of the regular season. Just a zone that you just can't really describe it. You, you wish you could stay in it forever, but obviously it checks out, you know, as the game ends. But, you know, during it, you don't, you don't feel anything. You just, just have a superpower, I feel. <laughs> I love that he's never shy about telling people how he plays. That's what real men do. It's like a superpower that I feel. (laughs) Actually, the game is up right now in my studio late in the third quarter. It's 84 to 69. 84 to 69. But the Lakers go on a 29 to 8 run. They score nearly 40 in that final quarter. LeBron is locked in 
And when he wasn't scoring, he has the final two assists down the stretch. So he sets up D'Angelo Russell for the huge three with about a minute 20 to go. And then after Kawhi Leonard misses a late jumper, he grabs the rebound. It's the outlet to Cam Reddish, who slams it home with the exclamation point. Yeah, it was kind of fun to hear Anthony Davis talk about the feats of LeBron. He is who he is. Uh, he got hot, you know, um, down 19 to start the fourth. He comes out, he hit, uh, I think, four threes, and just got us going, made some tough shots, some tough finishes, and got us back in the game. That whole group, um, you know, Jackson, TP, LeBron, you know, they got it, they, they got it going for us. And, uh, I mean, Austin's come in and was able to finish the game, but he went into his little crazy mode and, and was able to you know, carry us to victories and making the right plays towards the end when they, when they, when they start blessing them. So which is it? Is it a superpower that he has or is it his crazy mode? <laughs> yeah, pretty nuts how they were able to chip away, chip away, but the Clips played right into it. Uh, not the same magnitude of the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. Sorry, Atlanta. Uh, but similar. I mean, the fact is, the Patriots could not have overcome that huge lead if the Falcons did make some humongous mistakes. And it's the same thing with the Clippers. You don't overcome a 21-point deficit in one quarter if the Clippers aren't playing right into your hands and fumbling the ball away and essentially bumbling this one. Uh, Anthony Davis on Spectrum Sportsnet. All right, coming up at the back half of this hour, we're going to head to Chicago. Cody Bellinger is happy to be remaining with the Cubs. His agent, though, has got some bigger fish to fry, apparently. Uh, Tells us what's wrong with this free agent market, plus the Bears. And when Ryan Poles, quote-unquote, tips his hand, I guess I missed it because I didn't hear that he gave any indication of what the Bears were planning to do with the overall number one pick. But we will ask David Haw, who is part of the morning show on our Chicago affiliate, AM670, The Score. Straight ahead, Steve Belichick wants you to know that his father, Bill, is going to be just fine. He's got lots of hobbies, apparently. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I know how interested you are on that subject. CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. coaches, the sports staff, um, and it's an amazing staff here that, that supported me in every way. Um, all the scouting and all the, the football support people from equipment, training, uh, security, video, operations, um, uh, and so forth. Right now, like dining room, I mean, it's all, it's all first class. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Do you know the first time I heard that the video part didn't didn't reach out and grab me? <laughs> he wants to thank the people who work in video. <laughs> I'm sorry, am I the only one who thinks that's funny? <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> of course, he's going to thank every department that supported him and all the people that worked with him and helped him do his job. But it is sort of funny if you consider his history. The Patriots history while he was there. Uh, One of his sons, Steve Belichick, 
is not staying with the Patriots. He has agreed to become the new defensive coordinator at Washington. And so he is go not Washington Commanders, Washington Huskies. Uh, so he is going to Seattle. Uh, and now you've got a Belichick, one Belichick that's still in the NFL and and two that are going their separate ways. Wow. It's weird, huh? I still can't believe it. And I'm going to continue to ask every single one of the NFL analysts that we have on board, what will it take for Bill Belichick to get another job? What I've heard now, including from a longtime GM, Randy Mueller, as well as Michael Lombardi, who's a former GM and is so connected in the NFL, it's just going to take an owner who says, I want to win. I don't care how many feathers this ruffles. I want to win. But in the meantime, what is Bill Belichick doing with his life? Wow, it's kind of weird, right? His son, Steve, was a guest on the Green Light podcast, and he was asked, of course, about his highly decorated dad. I think he's good. He doesn't dwell unless we lost the game and he needs to get on some guys. But, you know, eventually you got to turn the page. So, honestly, I wasn't too involved in any of that stuff. He did his thing, I did my thing, and and that was kind of that. But he's definitely pursuing some other stuff, whether it's TV or hopefully a regular on the green light. A regular on the green light. I like it. That's not my job. This is Chris Long's podcast, by the way, The Green Light. I think he's good. So it's interesting to hear him say, I didn't really get involved in all that stuff. He did his thing and I did my thing. Does that mean they don't talk about the possibility that he might not be with the Patriots anymore? Or, hmm. Let stuff, he said, let stuff roll off your back and move forward. But at no point, I mean, he didn't specifically say that, but you got to imagine at some point they talked about the future, no? Didn't come up once at Christmas dinner? <laughs> Like one time, maybe. Well, hey, the thing is, doing? I mean, I don't know. If Bill is the same person in front of the microphone that he is behind the microphone, if he's the same person when there are two pairs of eyes looking at him or 2,000 pairs of eyes looking at him, you could see him just refusing to talk about the future and not having any patience for it because he had no idea what was going to happen and he was still trying to win games, believing that the Patriots could turn things around. Well, so looking for a couple of jobs, maybe a TV gig is what we hear from Steve Belichick. Although I guess if they didn't talk about it, then why should we believe Steve? <laughs> he did his thing and I did mine. So uh, why, why should we believe you? Anyway, sounds like Coach Belichick. Oh, the other one, the older one. Sounds like he has plenty to keep him busy, even when he's not coaching. His hobbies would still be to, uh, let's say, critique football. So, you know, he was excited when I came out here because he got to evaluate the scheme last year, evaluate the players last year. And I'm sure he'll come out here at some point to do some stuff. But the guy just loves football. So there's definitely that element. Obviously, in Nantucket, whether it's swimming, paddleboarding, biking, all that type of stuff on the island. He does that stuff. You know, maybe have a couple cocktails. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
I mean, lots of, I don't know. It's from Could you Steve imagine Belichick. Bill Belichick just hanging out on Nantucket Island with a couple cocktails yes. on a paddleboard? The man works his ass off. Yes, I can imagine that. Well, exactly. Well, I can't imagine him just kind of lounging and relaxing it. I feel like he still wants to be in the trenches. Well, he may want to, but it doesn't mean he can't unwind. He's a huge fan of music. You know, he goes to concerts. Mm-hmm. and So, according to Steve... He hangs out on Nantucket, swimming, paddleboarding, biking, all that kind of stuff on the island. He does that stuff. <laughs> Chris Long, by the way, has this podcast. I'd forgotten about him being on the Patriots when they won one of their Super Bowls. As I was listening and, and uh, reading back, I was like, oh, yeah. A lot of different veterans went through there. Uh, Steve goes on to say that Bill is a great house guest when he comes over. He hangs out with the kids. He'll usually ask for maybe a water. Isn't he their grandfather? (laughs) But he walks in like it's his house. He'll pop open the fridge and say, have you been to the store recently? (laughs) I mean, that's what grandfathers and fathers do. Gosh, my mom does the same thing. But a house guest is an interesting way to refer to your grandfather, I think. But oh, teach their own. So you wouldn't refer to, well, you still live at home, though. So it's kind of different. But you wouldn't refer to a family member as a house guest? No, I would say, like, my mom's over. Oh. Well, I think he was just making the point that when he comes over, yeah, he's an interesting type of house guest. Uh, he also talked about Gerard Mayo and called him a great motivator, a great teacher. And believes that Mayo is ready to take over as the Patriots, a first-year head coach. So one Belichick is out of coaching. One Belichick is with the University of Washington. The other Belichick, shoot, I forgot his name. What's the other Belichick? Brian? Is it Brian Belichick? The other Belichick is the only one left in the NFL. This is it's interesting. Now, I don't believe it's the last we've seen a bill, though. I really don't, because there are too many out there who want to win. There are too many out there who probably are like us and can't believe that bill is still available. But, yeah, it's only Brian that's with the Patriots now. Strange. Day by day. No Pete Carroll. No Mike Vrabel. No Bill Belichick. No Ron Rivera, unless I missed it somewhere. Did he get a job? That's also just crazy to me. No job as a DC, no nothing, just out there. I'm sorry, that's, yeah. I don't understand that at all. He's such a character guy. I know that it didn't work out in Washington, mostly because they never had a quarterback. And yes, that falls on him. But no job anywhere? Wow. I'm just Googling his name. I don't even not, not even any there's sort been, of like links or traction yeah, or anything. Yeah, there's on him. been almost no buzz around him since he got let go. And that wasn't a big surprise. But even I don't want to say even. Brian Flores sues the NFL and still ends up with a job. 
the Steelers and then goes on to the Vikings. Rivera can't get a job doing, wow. Even just in a front office somewhere, like you said, just a high-character guy who's been around football. According to Rivera, here I'm going to read this, although I don't know how old this is. I just was Googling it like you were. And this goes back to mid-January. He said he had a couple of opportunities on the table, but doesn't look like anything panned out. So maybe it's not something he wanted. Huh. That's a bummer. All right, coming up. He's not going to be in Chicago. Uh, That's where we're going to focus our attention. The Bears have the number one pick. The Cubs have Belly. What's the bigger story? We'll talk with David Haw of our... Affiliate in Chicago, AM670, The Score. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, No one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move. Um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The voice of Ryan Poles, who understandably is not willing to tip his hand. And yet, funny enough, that's the headline I saw, the clickbait I saw. Ryan Poles gives us a clue. Ryan Poles tells us what he's planning to do. Ryan Poles lets us in on the secret. He Tips his hand. I I guess I missed it somehow. The general manager of the Chicago Bears talking about that number one overall pick and if they decide, if they decide to go with a quarterback. It's all the rage right now, trying to figure out what the Bears will do at the top of the NFL draft. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. To help us decipher and make the case one way or another, we welcome David Haw from our Chicago affiliate AM670, the score, getting set for his own morning show. I'm sure at this point uh, your eyes are rolling back in your head talking about the Bears and the number one overall pick. But did I miss something? Did Ryan Poles tip his hand? Morning, Amy. You know, I think when you listen closely, as often as we have had to listen closely here (laughs) in Chicago, uh, I do think there was a little bit of a shift in tone. Uh, And the way that I talked about it on the Mullen Haw Show here in Chicago was that when you talk about wanting to do right by somebody, I think that philosophically you've reached a point in, in your mind and also in the minds of, of your football team and, and your, for everyone to know that you're, you're probably going to be doing something because that's going to require you to do right by him. Um, and I think that it, those comments came on the same day that Matt Eberflus described his ideal quarterback and what situations his ideal quarterback excelled in. And in each category – they were categories that Justin Fields really had fallen short. So we do have our amateur detective badges here in <laughs> Chicago, and the football police has concluded that this might have been um, this might have been a case that we're getting closer to solving based on those comments. As someone who has watched this team extensively, what are the pros and cons for drafting Caleb Williams and parting ways with Justin? Well, I think there's definitely more pros than cons, and I've always been um, one who has believed that they, it's time for them to move on. And the way I framed it, Amy, is that the Bears, uh, it's not so much a debate as it is uh, a, a luxury that they have right now. They, they, can make two, they, they can make a decision, and they have two choices. One is a good one. The other one is better. 
The good one is if they keep Justin Fields and they trade out of that position and they surround him with more talent, yeah, they're going to be a better football team and, and able to potentially contend for the NFC North title as early as next year. The better decision is to take your chances on what could be an elite talent, a guy who, in Caleb Williams, people uh, who evaluate talent for a living, uh, have a pretty good consensus that he's one of the best prospects coming out in, in more than a decade. And that's how you win Super Bowls. So that's a better choice to me because if you're the Bears, you haven't gotten it right at the quarterback position traditionally, historically. That's all stuff that we understand. And if you really want to swing for the fences, you take Caleb Williams and you, you don't entertain any kind of trade options or, or proposals because this is the guy that, despite what you could get in return for that pick, this is the guy you want to build around. Ask, CJ, ask, ask the Texans if they would take a haul for C.J. Stroud or the Bengals if they would take a haul for Joe Burrow or the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Typically, they would say no. They would mm. hang up the phone because you need that guy to get where you want to go. Well, we'll talk about Caleb in a second because he's done an extensive interview about Chicago, and it sounds like he's getting ready for the possibility. But when you look at Justin and and these last few years with him, where do you point the finger of, I don't want to call it a failure, but the shortcomings and why it didn't work? He didn't reach his potential, um, I think, in Chicago in three seasons, and I think that there was shared responsibility. If you wanted the the, the blame pie, I think the majority – or maybe just 60-40, you know, he wasn't surrounded with talent. Then he had a coaching staff that didn't quite know how to maximize his talent and try to force him into a box, square peg and round hole and all that. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Justin Fields does bear some of the responsibility as well because he never really took that next step as a passer. There were, there, there were, things were too hard. He, he did not really grasp the, the easy throws and the layups were more difficult than they needed to be. If you graded the flashes and his, his running ability made him special, if you graded the flashes, he was an exceptional and is an extraordinary player. But I think he needs, to, he needs to get more consistent, and I think he can be a starting quarterback in the league. But I think that comes with some limitations. He can improve. He will ascend. But I just don't think he's going to do that in Chicago. David Haw is getting ready for his morning show, Molly and Haw, on our Chicago affiliate, AM670, The Score. They've talked about this ad nauseum. Oh, and we're only a couple months away from the draft. Fantastic. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. What did you think of, or what have you thought about Caleb Williams and what you've seen of him in college, but also his comments to Pete Thamel, the interview that he did in which he really raved about Chicago? I really think that was one of the more important developments in this pre-draft process that he talked to a reporter with whom he is obviously comfortable, and he cleared up a lot of the misconceptions and misinformation that had been lingering out there for far too long. I don't think that it was, there was <clears throat> I don't think it was really fair to hold Caleb Williams responsible for some of the things maybe he didn't say and we didn't hear him say. So what he did, uh, I think the big picture, you know, bullet points, he said he would play in Chicago. He said he's going to talk Friday at the Combine. He's going to let people get to know him, and he also wants to be great. And in, in, this, in this football town, I think those are things that people have been waiting to hear. He also played to the crowd a little bit, understanding where he is, and he did uh, say he loved deep-dish pizza, Walter Payton, and Michael Jordan. There's no better <laughs> way to pander to the Bear crowd and the Bear fan base than to mention those things. <laughs> so, so good. All right, let's pivot to baseball a little bit. Craig Council taking over as manager of the Cubs. Cody Bellinger is back. What's the excitement level if we're grading on a 1-10 to 10 scale? 
finally, it's a relief as much as excitement, Amy. We've been waiting for this for a very long time. They go out and they poach counsel in November and the beginning of an offseason full of excitement and raised expectations. Waited to get Bellinger officially into the fold till yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was because it was a long dance with Scott Boris. Right now, there's excitement because the Cubs won 83 games last year but blew it down the stretch. They needed to get Bellinger back for them to be legitimate contenders in that division, and now they are. So there's, uh, there's anticipation for opening day, and, and the Cubs are going to be good again. And that's always fun because I think when you go out and you get the, the highest-paid manager in baseball, you tell everybody in town you're serious about getting to the postseason because it's been far too long since they've been there. I keep hearing words like sledgehammer and uncomfortable and change with Craig Council. What is he out to do? What needs to be changed with the Cubs? I think it's got to be more subtle than it may be a sledgehammer. I, I think he's a guy that's going to be very direct, but you're going to see him over time. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, wasn't that really a good move? He's, got, he's not somebody that is is got to be the loudest guy in the room, and he certainly might be the smartest. But I think over time you're going to see the way that he not only handles the bullpen, but uses his lineups, keeps people fresh, and makes in-game decisions that maybe uh, will give the Cubs an advantage they haven't had before. Not, that's not a disrespect to David Ross. David Ross was the right guy at the right time for this team when he was hired and replaced Joe Madden. But likewise, I think Craig Council is the right guy to take them to the next step. David Haw is with us from AM670, the score in Chicago. What's wrong with the the almost said the Bills? I'm still in football mode. What's wrong with the Bulls? What's wrong with the Bulls? They're coming off one of the biggest wins of the well, season. I know, but one of the biggest losses of the season. I know, in 24 but hours, they were crazy. <laughs> the extremes, I'm getting dizzy. Everybody <laughs> in Chicago doesn't know. The Bulls are terrible, then the Bulls are back. I don't know what to believe because that last night, double overtime, kept us up way too late for people that work the morning show. But it was worth staying up for because they had 74 rebounds against the Cavaliers. 74. <laughs> That's crazy, Amy. I don't know. The Bulls, they're a bad team. They're under 500, but they're still going to probably sneak into the play-in and, and raise some hopes and, and earn the right to get swept by the Celtics. <laughs> well, you say 74 rebounds, and I think a lot of missed shots. That's a <laughs> lot of missed shots. Oh, That's my gosh. Brand. That's on brand. They can't, they can't shoot the three. They can't hit the three. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is the, the master of the mid-range, but this is a team that really isn't uh, is constructed great, but now they have all kinds of injuries, and now they're just trying to hang on. Mm. Well, before I let you go, uh, I have a special place in my heart for anyone who does a polar bear plunge. I see that's on your horizon. Well, you know, Amy, this has been a very unusual winter in Chicago. I picked the most mild winter to do it. It's going to be 60 degrees Sunday on the lakefront, and I am going to take the polar plunge. I can't wait. Wait, forget the air temperature, David. What's the water temp going to be like? I'm in denial. I have no idea. (laughs) I just know it's going to be 60 degrees out, and I can do this because I want to do it. I've been wanting to do it. It's a great cause, uh, Special Olympics Chicago, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, just so you know, not to scare you or anything, but I did one with uh, the Maryland State Police and Special Olympics in Maryland a few years ago in the Chesapeake Bay, and the water was 35 degrees. And uh, first of all, try not to run into the water because when you do, uh, you'll trip and fall flat on your face because, right, the water holds up your lower half and your your top half has got momentum. Or maybe it's just me. I tripped and fell flat on my face in the water, and then within... I don't know, about 15 seconds, I could not feel my lower half. 
So, Whoa. Yeah. Well, I could have done without knowing that, Amy, but I would. Lo- I look forward to seeing the video pop up somewhere on your Twitter feed if you have that. Yeah. Because I'd love to see it. I do have the video. I, I've actually never shared it, but maybe, maybe just to show support for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I need all the help I can get. You can find David on Twitter at David Haw, H-A-U-G-H. You can hear him on AM670, The Score in Chicago, plus the Odyssey app getting set to do his show, Mully and Haw, and also the Take the North podcast. Great to have you again have a great day thanks so much for a couple of minutes anytime amy thank you polar bear plunge that brings back some memories gosh was that also in 2020 that might have been in 2020 before it was it was right before i went to miami for super bowl week in 2020 and the polar bear plunge i did was with the Maryland State Police. They were amazing. Uh, Governor was there, so many members of law enforcement. And I do have video. I've never actually shared it publicly. I've shared photos. I've never shared the video. But yeah, it makes perfectly logical sense that the water slows down the lower half of you, right? So you're you're running while you're trying. I was just gonna go, I was just gonna go in and just take the plunge, if you will. And so I'm running down the beach. My lower half hits the water because I'm running inward shallow first, right? My lower half hits the water. It gets slowed down by the water, but my front half, because I'm churning, right? I'm 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 uh, swinging my arms. My front half goes crashing right into the water face down into the water I went uh and it was cold uh it was 35 degrees and then then my partner in this polar bear plunge who is a former state police lieutenant uh he was assigned to me I was his buddy actually he was my buddy his name is Chris we're still really good buddies actually so Chris says I cannot get out because that makes me soft I have to go all the way out to where there's a line of state police divers Oh, gosh, probably 100 feet out. So I go all the way out. I I leave him in the dust. I didn't wait for him. Uh, I am determined to get out as quickly as possible, right? I can't feel my lower half. I'm in about 90 seconds. So what happens? I come out of the water. Same freaking thing. Lower half is still in the shallows. Upper half going too fast. Trip and fall flat on my face again. That's amazing. Wow, that's cold. Have a great Thursday. It's After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Boom! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.